Welcome to Splinters, courtesy of The Bench, your Friday night sports fix. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, the Sultan, Tony Dosen. Welcome to Splinters, another episode on a Tuesday night on Triple H 100.1 FM, on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and via podcast at podcasts.com and stand by for some more announcements on where we're going podcast-wise in the not-too-distant future. Tonight, after last week when we discussed all things Intrust Super Premiership, and maybe another incarnation. We'll leave that for another day. That's another episode. We look at the main third-tier rugby league competition in the nation tonight, the Ron Massey Cup, formerly the Jim Boone Cup, formerly the Metropolitan Cup. It's had a number of names over the years, but in its current guise as the Ron Massey Cup, a very good quality competition. It's going to be a real pillar of our coverage of grassroots football in 2019, once again as it has been over the last seven years. My name is Tony Dosen the Sultan. Great to have your company. Joining me, oh gee, there's another one. Keith Topolsky, can you do something about these splinters, these sharp ones with the ants all over them? I'm getting sick of it. Well, this is how we keep people alive and interested and focused to make sure that everybody's actually ah. paying attention. Yeah, you should be paying attention. Just look where you sit, okay? Just pay attention. There's a reason we call it splinters and it is because we're from the bench and it's to keep everybody awake yeah, and alive okay. and focused. All right. Right, listen, do you think I'm not alive and focused? I have to be focused to keep all of you people in line. Anyway, tonight we're looking at the Ron Massey Cup for 2019. It's hard to believe we're less than two weeks away from kickoff. And, and we don't have a draw. We don't have an official draw. We, haven't, we don't have an official draw. We have an unofficial draw at the moment, which is in the hands of a certain select few, including us, but the mere fact that we're still waiting on the official draw is nothing short of a bugbear, which is almost worth a Splinters episode on its own. But from what we understand, the Ron Massey Cup is going to kick off on Saturday, March the 16th. That is less than two weeks away. And we have the same 11 teams who are backing up in 2019, as was the case in 2018. So the question marks on Penrith Brothers have been put to bed. They are coming back. They will be taking the field in 2019, much to the surprise of a lot of people, but it's the same 11 teams, Keith, that went around last year to do battle for the 2019 edition of the Ron Massey Cup. The way the Penrith brothers dropped out of the Sydney Shield competition with a couple of forfeits only to see the Ron Massey Cup team go around was really quite disappointing because we've seen teams that have treated the Sydney Shield as an afterthought and thrown everything into the Ron Massey and teams that have pulled out of the Ron Massey Cup only to appear in Sydney Shield for that particular week. And that that is something that has happened in the past. And it's something that we want to get away from because both competitions have an important role to play. And this is what people forget because you've got the NRL-aligned clubs who have the intra-super premiership and now they have Jersey Flegg. And you often find players interchanging between Flegg and Sydney Shield because they're not up to the standard or the physicality of open-age football as such. And Sydney Shield is a much, I wouldn't say weaker competition, but it's not up to the Ron Massey Cup standard. Shield to Massey is a big step. Massey to ISP is a big step. ISP to NRL is a big step. They each fill a particular niche. So Flegg and Shield work off each other. And then Massey feeds into the Intrust Super Premiership asterisk. Watch this space. So both competitions have an important role to play. And for Shield to be treated the way it was by the Penrith brothers, I found particularly disappointing. But they're back. So we'll wait and see exactly. Did you did you get another splinter? Yes, I did. In oh, the knee this time. In the knee oh, this time. Oh, but, okay. look, but when you mentioned Penrith Brothers, we will discuss particularly their Sydney Shield side in depth in our Sydney Shield edition of Splinters next week. But let's go straight to the top and look at these 11 clubs in some detail over the next 50-odd minutes or so during this uh, edition of Splinters that you can hear on Triple H or on podcast at podcast.com. And let's start right at the top, Keith. We're the double defending premiers, the Wentworthville Magpies, aiming for a piece of history in 2019, aiming for the three-peat. And to show you how rare it is for a club to complete three premierships in a row at this level of the game, mm. let alone the top level of the game, we all know at the NRL 
level. It hasn't been done since Parramatta did it in 81, 82 and 83. But at this level of the game, it's only been done three times and it hasn't been done for over 20 years. Wentworthville did it themselves when they dominated the second division, uh, winning five grand finals between 1967 and 1971 on their way to winning seven in eight years. When you could have said that they should have been in the top grade. Well, there's the story about the 1966 second division grand final, the one that they lost of those eight years that they lost to Penrith that fateful Sunday afternoon in September 1966 at Cumberland Oval. Now, the new Western Weekender or whatever. Bank West. Bank West I noticed Stadium that Albert Tallarico was talking about Western Weekender Stadium yes, last weekend. Yes. Why, why are they playing games at St. Mary's? But okay, it's, it's Bank, Bank West, West Stadium. Stadium, of course. So that site, who could have said what would have happened with Wentworthville if they had won that day in 1966? But they won five in a row, 67 to 71. Ride Eastwood won the last three Metropolitan League premierships, as they were known. 1974, 75, 76, when Wentworthville moved off and played in the Illawarra competition out of frustration and spite at their lack of opportunity to move up into the top flight. And then Newtown won three Jim Beam Cups in a row, 1995, 96 and 97. Now they're the only three occasions that a team has completed three successive grand final wins in a row. And we walked away from Leichhardt Oval last grand final weekend after St Mary's were towed up by Wentworthville, 38 points to four, the same margin that they dusted up the now defunct Auburn Warriors in 2017. And we wondered who's going to stop Wentworthville in 2019 from the three-peat. They've got coach Brad Cook, and we thought basically the same side, but as it's turned out, there's been a raft of ins and outs at Ringrose Park in this Ron Massey Cup squad since that grand final win last September, and it's going to be a completely almost looking, different-looking side from what we can understand, trying to scratch around on uh, recruitment as to what sort of side Wentworthville are going to put on the park come round one. It is very difficult to get a real grasp on exactly who's doing what and who's going where in this competition because so many teams are still trialling players even at this late hour you're probably not going to have squads finalised until this weekend and that's when you're going to see teams have players put pen to paper on contracts there are still players who are in with a shout of getting picked up by certain clubs and I know that my own beloved western suburbs are still in the process of Steady. just thinning out the ranks Steady. and making sure that everything's in line and I must say that Down, I, am, boy. I am thinking of editing in the team song Down. but I'm I might not this week, but Wentworthville, Wentworthville. It is just absolutely mind-boggling to see the changes that Wentworthville have gone through. Arana Tamata, gone. Josiah Tomasi, gone. Daniel Dole, gone. Magnus Stromquist, Nathan Davis, Kurt DeLouis, Abbas Miski, Sam Gorman, Jordan Latham, but wait, there's more. Jack Morris, Nathan Malone, Zach Nichols, Josh Tangatow, all gone. Jack Miller's on his way out too. Brett Cook is apparently very much unliked from all reports. Why that is, I don't know. He won a premiership with them. That's not exactly something to be sneezed at. If I had a coach that I didn't like and for eight won, months of the year... And he won the rep, uh, representative game against Newcastle on short notice. If I had a coach that I didn't like eight months of the year or nine months of the year, but he got me a premiership out of it, I'd probably put up with it for nine months of the year too. But in saying that, they've got a lot of players in as well, just as many in and some good quality amongst some of those players that have come to Ringrose Park, starting with Nikok Ladnikov, who's uh, come up from the Parramatta Flick system, Todd Sapienza, Mitch Butler, Field. Todd Sapienza was in the Sydney Shield team of the year in 2017. The Sydney Shield leading point score over 200 points that season. He was electric that year. Absolutely brilliant. Brad Kieran's come down from the now, not defunct Wyon Roos, but since Wyon have pulled out of the Intrust Super Premiership. Josh Bergman has come across from Canterbury. He's a good pickup. Uh, Skippy Lopato, Eddie Wolf, Takina Vaila, we believe, have come across from Blacktown. They've picked up some players from other competitions. Rich Smith from Thoreau from the uh, Illawarra competition. Blake Sutton from the Eastwood Rugby He is a quality player. Mm. He played for Western Suburbs a couple of years ago, and I was really surprised when we didn't get him, but Mossvale came in with a really impressive offer, and it wasn't enough to stay stay in the contest, and Blake Sutton was on his way, and he is an excellent pickup. I also love the the fact that they've got Billy Kitt from the Sunshine Coast Falcons. He's quality. He's quality. He played a little bit with West Tigers, Western Suburbs last year, came through the Western Suburbs junior system, went to the Melbourne Storm, hence why he made a bit of a name for himself on the Sunshine Coast as well. A couple of other players that I really like, the fact that they picked them up. Jacob Essau from St. Mary's and Daniel Petralia from Western Suburbs. A very high quality number nine. Very good running game out of dummy half. And Jake Nagaya from Mittagon as well. So weighing all that up 
I can't help but think that Wentworthville are not going to be there when the whips are cracking again, giving this historic three-peat a real crack. I don't I don't think they're going to be there. I think they probably make the bottom half of the top eight. I don't see them making the top four. I think a couple of other clubs have recruited too well. I think there might be one or two others that have already got the quality there, but they're starting to grow into the team. And really, I think there are two standouts that have recruited to go past them. I think there are two other teams that have really started to develop the players they've already got got and I really don't see them ma- making an impression. I still see them making the eight but you, I don't see them getting you, to that second last You're right off a, a champion club at your peril and listen, I respect Wentworthville far too much. Uh, I think they're going to be there. Let's have a look at the, uh, the club that they beat in last year's grand final. The St Mary Saints. Two Ron Massey Cup grand finals in three years. The three years they've come back. Losses to Mounties and Wentworthville. Two of the competition traditional heavyweights. There have been some changes with the clipboard. Brad Drew has stepped down after leading the Saints into the Ron Massey Cup and getting into those two grand finals. Shane Elford is now the new uh, St. Mary's Ron Massey Cup coach as part of the new era. Their biggest signing, of course, was CSI Avave in the off-season. Um, and he is quality. If he can live up to anywhere near the uh, the standard that he was at in the NRL, he'll be a massive buy. But apart from that... It's as you were with St. Mary's. Nathan Smith's come back. Jeff Daniella has come back. Uh, They've pretty much got the same sort of side that made that Ron Massey grand final last year. Mm. And they were unimpressive in the back half of that season. They won a lot of games ugly to get to the grand final, none the least of which was that preliminary final against Cabramatta, which redefined ugliness as far as rugby league spectacles is concerned at this level. But such is their quality. You can't help but think that they're going to be there and thereabouts again. But can they go one step further or can they get close to another grand final? I think for St Mary's, a lot of what happens this year is going to be reliant upon what Penrith can drop back to them. Because the Penrith Panthers, they were savaged by injury last season. And I think St Mary's, they might have just lacked a couple of impact forwards. And I don't think it was a surprise that Sam McKendry did his ACL early last year wrote off the season for him. So Penrith had to tap into that intrust super premiership depth that they had, which meant that St. Mary's didn't have players coming back because Penrith had to use what they already had available to them. And occasionally Penrith would have to call players up from St. Mary's rather than continually dropping them back. This is where I think St. Mary's can probably work on their depth a little bit more. I know that they have high-quality players. I know that they have Sydney Shield. And this this is where the point system comes into play for mine because they are loaded up with Nathan Smith. They are loaded up with Jeff Daniella. For those who aren't familiar with the point system, if you are absolutely nobody, you've done absolutely nothing, you get two points to your name, and it keeps going up and up and up until I think the maximum you can hit for one player, might be in the 20s. 20. It's 20. It's 20. And we're talking test match players, origin players. XNRL. If you played NRL or English Super League the season before you joined the Ron Massey Cup, you get you are rated a 20-point player. And how it works is that every single week, the total number of points that you are allowed to field on your se- across your 17-man squad that you put down on your team sheet in the Ron Massey Cup is 100 points. You go over that, over that 100 points, then you have to change some players and drop some players for that particular game. And when you've got regular ISP players, most of them are coming back with 9 or 10 points to their name. Then you've got Nathan Smith and Jeff Daniela, who are still 15-point players. So there's 30 or points maybe gone. back to 13, because you do lose points for every year you play in the, mm-hmm. I, in the ISP or every year you play in the Ron Massey Cup. Every year you are no longer part of the NRL or English Super League. And, and this is where that point system really does hurt St. Mary's because if you're going to burn points like that, I think you've got to burn them on your spine. You're one, six, seven, and nine. That's where I think you burn them. St. Mary's, they're burning them on a lock and a centre. Now, Smith and Daniela, I'm not questioning them as playing talent. They are great players. And at a pinch, I think they could probably still make a reasonable fist of the NRL. But when you're investing 30 points in a lock and a centre, and then you've got to spread 70 points across the rest of your 15 players on game day, I think that becomes a bit of a problem for St. Mary's. I can see them really struggling this season because of what other teams have done. They've got the young players there. The Penrith system has been very good and to them. And it'll be a test for Shane Elford as well, a new coach who's untried at this level. I still think they'll make the eight. They, they make the eight, definitely. Whether they make the four, that remains to be seen. I think they could be in the box with Wentworthville. They could be looking at struggling to hit that top four. They're, they're making the eight. There's no questions asked about that. But are they among the really top teams? Well, time will tell. Let's have a look at uh, the most unluckiest uh, team in the Ron Massey Cup without question in 2018. There was no luck involved 
it was just an absolute farce, that preliminary final. Now, indeed, we speak of the Glebe Burwood Wolves. Uh, look, we make no apology in saying that they're not so much favourites of ours, but they've been great supporters of ours. Nike, Aaron Zaman have been great supporters of our broadcasts here on Triple H over the last five years. But you could not help but feel for them with that fateful decision in the 76th minute of the preliminary final at Leichhardt Oval on the second last Saturday of the final series in 2018. We all know what happened now. The wrong call for a penalty to Wentworth Phil when in fact it was a pass that went astray and was picked up by a Glebe Burwood winger that was racing away to perhaps at least save uh, their and protect their lead, which they were holding in the closing stages. Wentworth Phil scored from the penalty next to the posts and go on and win that preliminary final, win the Premiership the following year. For mine, the question mark about Glebe Burwood, who, as you know, through their coach Nike Aaron Zamet, invest a lot mentally, psychologically, as well as physically into their contests, is how they can recover mentally from the scars that are still going to be carried into the start of this season, thanks to the poor decision by referee Damian Brady in that fateful 76th minute of last year's preliminary final. I'm still not sold on the idea that they're going to carry emotional scars in. And we discussed this earlier before we began the recording. In the green room. In the green room. Do they come in bearing emotional scars, struggling to get their heads around what happened, maybe a little bit hurt, maybe a little bit down? Or do they come out breathing fire, ready to smash some heads? I think it's the latter. Because we all know what sort of motivator and taskmaster Zamet can be. And he's going to have them, I think, breathing fire. This is where Glebe Burr would have to be careful to, when they get into their inevitable mid-season slump. Because they are going to start this season so high on adrenaline, their heads are going to be in the clouds. They're going to be fired up full of energy, and that's where I think they might fall down early is playing on sheer adrenaline rather than determination and focus. Once they get off that high and go into that mid-season slump, which I think is inevitable for them given the emotion they'll be playing with, it's going to be really important for Zamet to get their heads focused and then they concentrate on the prize at hand. Having said that, they haven't really made too many changes. The only ones that we've been able to eke out are Jazz, Jazz Flavel and Brock Pellegrin coming over from the Hills District Bulls. And they have lost Chart and Schaffhausen, though. Schaffhausen has gone to, I think, Wentworthville. Correct. Which is a very big sign. But the reason we didn't mention him is because he's been playing in the Intrust competition, and he is a But player. he's Intrust quality. We he all he is this. Intrust quality, and there's no question about that. He could even play NRL this season, given uh, an injury run at Parramatta, Chart and Schaffhausen. He could. He's, he'd be certainly an outside chance for that. Glee Burwood, I see them making the four. I think they're a genuine contender. I like what Zamet has done with the team the past couple of seasons. He's extracted some young players, and he's really built a strong core, a, a core of quality players, Jackson Garlicks yep. of the world, mm-hmm. um, the Marshkies. They they really have the focus there. Shormkel at the back. Yep. You, you can't discount anything that they and do. And they've got that big bopper forward pack led by Kem Seru, who's backing up again. That's right. Yeah. But as I say, they've got the Marshkies and they've got Shormkel and there's your 167 or your 179. And then Garlic's your 9. Jackson Garlic fills the 9 jersey as well. There's your spine, and they're not burning 15 points on it. They're burning 6, 7, 8 points. Maybe they'll get uh, eventually get to a 10 if Newtown have to call up those players. So I see Glee Burwood definite, definitely making the 4. Do they go on with it? Well, I think that's a couple of other the, clubs might have something well, to say Well, that's about where that. the ghosts were going to be lying around in their head over what happened in the finals last year. Um, it was the first time they'd made a preliminary final since they became Concord Burwood, then Glebe Burwood. I'm just not sure whether those ghosts in the back of their head aren't going to rear their, rear their ugly head come September. I hope to goodness I'm wrong because it would be great to see a battling club like them go all the way. Okay, let's have a look at the other preliminary finalist from last year that uh, returned to the finals after the doldrums of the Jason Williams era. Chris Yates came back to from where he once came to New Era Stadium and he led Cabramatta on the back of the signing of Frank Pritchard to a preliminary final. They were very disappointing in that preliminary final to St Mary's. That dressing room at Leichhardt Oval, that's only just finished being repaired after what Chris Yates did to it off the back of that preliminary final performance. They were very ordinary. They saved their worst performance for that preliminary final. But they have signed well. They have been very active in the player market in the off-season to give some help to Frank Pritchard who's going to come back for a second season. And on paper, with some of the players that they have brought across, some from that Premiership winning Wentworthville side, they're going to be hard to beat, at least on paper, Keith. For those people 
who really want to understand what Chris Yates has done here, think of it as you're going up to uh, the greengrocers and you get to where they have the nuts and the pistachios and the pecans and the peanuts and everything else and you just get the scooper and you just go in and just take a whole bunch and dump them in the bag. <laughs> this is what Chris Yates has done to the Wentworthville squad because he's brought in Nathan Malone, Zach Nichols, Jack Morris, Jordan Latham, Sam Gorman, Josh Tangatau, all from Wentworthville. Then he's also gone off and signed Malachi Huma and Junior Maposoni. Maposoni coming across from Western Suburbs. That's a very good signing. And Reese Armstrong as well. Yep, Reese Armstrong, quality signing as well. He's obviously identified some areas, and I note that a lot of those players... Played under Yates in 2017. Played under Yates, and he's also gone for a big bopper in Jordan Latham, and he's also signed up players where there were weaknesses. Tyler Maposoni has a real defensive weakness to his game. Both at Western Suburbs and Cabramatta, it's been exposed. So he went and signed Nathan Malone. Nathan Malone is not a defensive centre by any capability if you saw him in the NRL. But at Ron Massey Cup level, he can defend with the best of them. Malachi Huma's another big bop. They like the little bit of size in the preliminary final. St Mary's pushed them around. So you go off and sign Malachi Huma. To give Pritchard some help. Exactly. And that's where you see all these players have been signed for a specific purpose. They liked a little bit of direction in the halves in the back half of the season. You go and sign Zach Nichols. This this is signing for need's sake, but at the same time, he's just taken a great big dip and said, I'm going to help myself. This team, Cabramatta, this is a top four team. This is a team I can see being there on the last Sunday in September. I'll call it now. We had predictions last mm. week that were a bit of a surprise. Yep. I'll take them to be there because they haven't just signed to fill the needs. They've gone and filled those needs with the sort of players you really need to fill those needs if you're going to be an elite contender. To build up some depth. Look, mm-hmm. they made a preliminary final. I still think they're going to rely a lot on Frank Pritchard as their X factor. But you have a look at the signings and they have signed strategically well. And Chris Yates mm. is one of the still one of the best coaches at this level going around. He wouldn't look out of place as an NR real assistant for my liking. The boat has sailed for Chris Yates, unfortunately, in that regard. But at this level of the game, still one of the best coaches going around. And uh, he will be very motivated to get Cabramatta close to that Ron Massey Cup Grand Final again this year. We look at another side in the top eight, and we look at another team that have apparently impressed during the recent Challenge Cup preseason uh, matches, uh, a side that uh, started off very well last year, but badly tapered towards the back end, so much so that that fateful Sunday afternoon in the last round at uh, McCready Park, when they gave up three late tries in the closing stages to miss a spot in the top four, and then and then went out the back door in week one of the playoffs uh, in uh, an upset to... Uh, Blacktown Workers, Sea Eagles. I speak of the Guildford Owls under coach, your friend, your mate, (laughs) Paul Fletcher, who's back at McCready Park again. Uh, They've made a couple of very good signings to their roster. Only only two signings, but these are excellent, excellent signings. Adam Sultan has been picked up from the East Campbelltown Eagles. David Harris from Western Suburbs. We're also speaking in the green room before about Mm. David Harris. He hasn't been signed for his hands. He's been signed for his shoulders. And his defence, because he is a a product of Paul Fletcher's time in the West Tigers system. Mm -hmm. He's a player that Fletcher knows can do a job for him. And uh, particularly in that uh, defensive corridor, he can be put on the left-hand defensive edge. He can also be put on the right-hand defensive edge. He can also be a good minder for his halves. And that's what he's been signed for. Adam Sultan's an interesting signing, a step up from uh, Sydney Shield, but from the defending premiers there who have a intrust super premiership, certainly are on massive feel about them. He won't look out of place, Adam Sultan, either. And he adds a bit of a bit of mongrel out wide too. He does. And th- this is, well, mongrel is not something that Guildford have lacked whatsoever at any stage. Starting with your mate. Starting with my mate, Fletcher, absolutely. <laughs> but at the same time, Guildford... They need the right sort of mongrel because they've been known, along with a couple of other teams, to just lose their cool at the wrong time. And they just need that right sort of mongrel to get under players' skins. David Harris is very good at getting under players' skins, but very rarely does he go too far and start getting into the referee. This is the sort of aggro, the sort of anger they need, and I think they've done very well to recruit there. The only problem I have on Guildford's side in terms of the recruitment is that it's not enough. And we've been through Cabramatta. We've been through the overhaul at Wentworthville. Those teams have recruited to the extent, and St Mary's, I think, have the same problem. They've got good players. They've got a good team there. But 
other teams have recruited so well, particularly one that we will get in into the second half of Splinters oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. more locally than any other team in terms of the recruitment. Teams have recruited and gone past them as a result of that recruitment. That's where I think Guildford are going to be left behind. I see them making the bottom half of the eight again. Had they recruited a couple more players at that really high elite end at Ron Massey Cup standard, then I can see them going with them. But I don't think they've done enough on the recruitment side of things. They've got good players. They have a good team. But I think other teams have eclipsed them because they've been more aggressive in the market. But they've maintained the loyalty to the players that have done the job and so have others uh, along the way, like the St Mary's. You know, And any side that has a Matt Ryan backing up for another mm-hmm. year has to be respected. Look, you've got to remember that they were in that top four for about 75 minutes on that last Sunday at McCready Park last August into September. And they're going to give the top four, I think, another good crack again in that four to six bracket Guildford. Whether they can take the next step up and meet the likes of a Glebe Burwood or a Wentworthville, time will tell. Your prediction for Guildford? Bottom half of the eight, I think that I think Matt Ryan will have a large bearing on whether they can actually scrape their way into the four. You remember last year at Blacktown at Lay, but Jake Aquilina was asking whether I was actually straight because I seemed to be in love uh, with Matt Ryan. But he had an absolute blinder of a game that and day. And we know his quality. And ran it. And we know how good he is as well. So Matt Ryan, I think he can drag them into the top four on his own. But how much work he has to do during the rest of the season, I don't think they can quite get there. I think it's the bottom half of the eight. But once they're there, they could do anything. All right, so that's the first five sides down mm-hmm. in this 11-team wrap of the Ron Massey Cup for 2019. I think it's time we take a break on splinters, don't you? Absolutely. And uh, we'll, we'll pick a few of them out of your knee and uh, maybe get some, some of the antiseptic. So yeah, they absolutely, infected. so then we can come back and resume with this look at the Ron Massey Cup for 2019 on splinters right after this. Welcome back to Splinters. Oh, jeez, that's another one. But, oh, there's, that salve you gave me uh, during that break, Keith, has been uh, quite uh, therapeutic, it's got to be said. Welcome back to Splinters. This is Tony Dosen, the Sultan. We're looking at the Ron Massey Cup for 2019. It kicks off, we believe, in uh, less than two weeks. We'll tell you what we believe to be the opening round draw towards the end of the program. You're on Triple H 100.1 FM, www.triplehfm.com.au and podcasts.com. And there are other things coming as far as podcasts is concerned. We'll keep you posted on that. But let's get stuck straight back in to uh, the Ron Massey Cup preview. Keith Topolsky is with me. Let's have a look then at a side that um, is close to your heart, Keith, who didn't go all that well in 2018. The Western Suburbs Magpies. Or in 2017. Or or in in 2016. Or wherever the case may be, but they've done something about it. They have uh, changed coaches. They've brought in Darren Maroon, an experienced, hard-nosed campaigner who took the now defunct Auburn Warriors to the 2017 Ron Massey Cup Grand Final. He uh, doesn't suffer fools gladly. He's an old-school, old-style coach who gets the best out of the players at his disposal, and the recruitment drive that he has brought to the club in a short space of time is very similar to what Pat Wisner did at the Asquith Magpies this time 12 months ago. And that's a very good comparison. I think what Darren Maroon has done, I think Western Suburbs are basically 12 months behind Asquith in that new coach, new recruitment factor, but he hasn't had enough time to really establish that reputation. Because he had a very short off-season, Darren Maroon, he was appointed late. Yes. So what he's been able to do in that time, I think is very impressive. The likes of Eli Fatui from Blacktown Workers, Seagulls, Sonny Luke coming across from St Mary's, Jack Miller from Wentworthville, and then the old-school Auburn Warriors connection. Omar Slomankel, Maniah Rudolph, two players that really did carry them through that Oh, Maniah Rudolph was outstanding, wasn't he? He was the player of the second half of the season, Maniah Rudolph. Should be at ISP, even NRL level. Too good for Ron Massey Cup. Carried the Warriors to that grand final. I can still remember a, a finals match. Auburn versus the Hills District Bulls at Wentworthville, and Maniah Rudolph dead said had it on a string. He was just conducting an orchestra that 
that day. Forget that. What about the preliminary final when he made Adrian Davis look very, very ordinary at Lidcombe Oval? And that was the last we've seen of Davis at Ron Massey Cup level. Mm, I think that was that was where he really got sat in his place, Adrian Davis. And I think that he really did struggle after that to really get his head back on in terms of rugby league. And that's where I think Manaya Rudolph, I don't think he's going to do that to too many players because there's that mental toughness that is common around rugby league. But to really just give such a lesson to a player who had dominated for so long, I think that really did mess with Adrian Davis. Then you've got Ahmad Elaz, Adrian Hangana's come along. Tough tough as well. He used to be a Western Suburbs boy. He left and he's come home. Harla Arkawala as well. Jack Miller's come across from Wentworthville. Speaking of Wentworthville players, this is the signing I like, although he might be spending a bit of time in the Intrust Super Premiership. Asterisk again. Corey Apuri. He was Wentworthville's star in the Sydney Shield last season. He really did carry them a long way and it was only when he ran into that red-hot Guildford outfit in the preliminary that final. That stacked Guildford outfit with a bucket load of Ron Massey It players. was absolutely stacked and he went so close to getting them out of a real pickle, a bind. It would have been a miracle and he went so close to pulling it off as well. I still remember calling that game and saying, you want to score, get it to Apuri and he will try and do the rest. He'll probably spend a bit of time in ISP this season because West Tigers Tigers will have Marshall, they'll have Reynolds, they'll have Brooks as well. So three halves in the top grade. Reynolds obviously filling in at hooker. Then you've got Jacob Little, who will probably spend a bit of time in ISP, which will mean that Tyson Gamble will be wearing the six, looking for somebody to play inside him at seven after Josh Drinkwater left last season, which I think might open the way for Apuri to step up. But if he does come back to Ron Massey Cup, then it's just going to be all over bar the shouting because he's going to carve everybody up. David Harris, as we mentioned, has gone to Guildford. From all reports, Tom Morrison, even though he's still coaching the SG ball side at Western Suburbs, is going to be playing with East Cam town this season. We'll discuss that in our uh, Sydney Shield wrap next week. It'll be yep. a great sign. He, he's an out at the Massey Cup level. From all reports, Brendan Waters has gone off and signed with Penrith Brothers, we'll so Waters has left as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a bit of a changing of the guard there from the Nathan Waters era, but when you look at the standard of players that West's had to work with, and it really did come down to what West Tigers were offering, and whether the injuries were going to suffice, and what they wanted to do with flag players, and what they wanted to do with interest players, and it really was a bit here and there and the relationship normalised a bit last season until there was an absolute injury disaster. Kurt Aldridge was the marquee signing who had to play in ISP because they needed the numbers. So I think provided that West Tigers can stay fit throughout first grade and the flag as well, there should be players coming back and Western Suburbs in the But what they've done with the signing of Coach Maroon is they've managed to inject extra depth at this Ron Massey level, no doubt about that. Can they step up into the top eight? Back you, in the top eight. Are you asking me with or without this Western Suburbs shirt? Both. With this Western Suburbs shirt on, they'll, win, they'll win the comp by 100 points Please. in the grand final. Don't worry no, about seriously. it. Seriously. Without the Western Suburbs shirt on, I think they make the eight. I think it's back half of the eight because there's still a lot of holes in that lineup that need to be addressed. But with the players that are available at the moment, I think it's a bottom half of the eight equation again. I don't think it's a question of five throughout. I think it's seven or eight. And I think once the finals come along, it really will be an uphill battle. But... Just making the finals is going to be an achievement based on the last couple of years. Let's have a look at a traditional powerhouse. I think maybe, I agree with you, 7th or 8th, but that could be a stepping stone for future years. Speaking of a a powerhouse, a traditional powerhouse. We talk of the 2016 Premiers in the Ron Massey Cup and 2015 Premiers. They couldn't quite complete the three-peat in 2017. They've been there and thereabouts for so long. We speak of the Mulga. We speak of the Mount Pritchard Mounties. And you can't help but think that they're going to be there and thereabouts again. Mount Pritchard has almost become a job lot for former Wests Tigers Jersey Flag Toyota Cup players. We saw uh, Roman Uelu last season. We saw Daniel Roberts last season. We saw a couple of others there last season. Now we've got Jamin Williams, Tom Bartley and Jacob Giles all coming in from the West Tigers jersey flag system. Miley Lee's loss will be a, a loss. That is them. a huge loss, Miley Lee. And Fu Tungalima as well is going to be a loss. But when they lose those players, they bring in young players and they back them in. And one thing that you did mention last week in the Intrust preview with Mounties is that they're not afraid to move players from ISP to Massey to Shield and back again. And this is where Mounties can really well, put Mounties something case, together. In Mounties 
case now it's it's in fact Ron Massey to Fleg because they no longer have yeah, a shield that, of that's course. true and th- this is where I think they're really going to thrive because players know in Massey if they play well enough they'll get a shot at ISP if someone's not performing and ISP players will know that if they get sent down to Massey it's not all over for them because they can go back up so there's always the motivation to play well they might run into some problems maybe in the back half of the season if there's been too many changes chopping and changing and stop starting with the lineup during the season but I can see them really making a push for it can they make top four we know they'll make the eight can they make top four again I don't think they make the four I think they're in that five through eight position but again it's because other teams have passed them in the recruitment and that that leaves them standing where they are they have moved forward but it's basically saying, yes, we're taking a step forward. And other teams have said, nuts to that, we're going to go the long jump. And we're going to go past you with that. Mounties, and this is where I think the Ron Massey Cup is really benefiting from these teams that are going out on recruitment sprees because these traditional teams that have dominated, like your Wenties and your Mounties, are looking at bottom half of the eight because these other teams are saying, right... Nuts to this. We're going for it now. Be careful with those splinters there because that was... Oh, I brushed that aside first. I didn't get splinters. Oh, good. Thank so you. I, right. I just made sure that was smooth. Well, bottom we, half of the eight. Well, I think bottom half of the eight as well. They open. We understand they will open the Ron Massey Cup on, indeed, Friday the 15th of March. It's unofficial at the moment uh, as the curtain raiser to an intra-super premiership standalone Friday night game on March the 15th. That's what we understand is the case at the moment. Let's have a look at the team who will be their opponents to start the Ron Massey Cup in 2019. A team who were very disappointing last year who didn't have a link up into an ISP uh, setup and that cost them dearly. Mm. They've been one of the great success stories in recent years at Sydney Shield level. They bought big in getting uh, Flutie Matteo across in 2017 to see out his career as a player there. Uh, he took up the coach's clipboard in Sydney Shield last year. Heath Lestrange was brought across to see out his career at, at this club as well. We speak of the Hills District Bulls, the family club. The, the Sapphire of, Lounge. The home of the Sapphire Lounge, the home of the dancing girls, the home of the great game day experience, but a disappointing 2018 in both Shield and Massey for the Bulls and I'm not sure how they're going to go in 2019 because we can't pick up a lot of news on the recruitment front from them. We can't but when they have recruited they've gone to the top shelf. They've recruited ex-Super League players. Matt Gardner is back from the Super League. Harry Seeker from the Super League. Part of the Emerging Nations runners-up oh. or the Repercharge winning Poland squad. Thank oh, you very much. Please. Ching ching. Now I think this is where Seeker the pro- is quality and he's ha- been and he's, and he's probably better off playing Ron Massey Cup than say the Illawarra competition where he was rumoured to be going this year. And he is too good for Ron Massey Cup. He's an interest player a player who I'm surprised didn't actually kick on in first grade, but I don't think really was given the opportunities to thrive in first grade. He needed a bit more support, and he didn't get that at Penrith. And then he went to the Warriors, and they didn't want to know about him. He was just a death player for them. And then he went to Super League, and he never really settled into what he could have been. He's an excellent pickup for Hills District, no doubt about that. But as you say, they had a lot of problems last year. They were really disappointing. They had an injury crisis during the season as well. Under Paul Griffin, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get a real tough contest when you go to the Sapphire Lounge, when you go to Crestwood. But elsewhere, especially now that Lestrange and Mateo definitely retired, not sure that I can take the next step. And I'm not sure whether a guy like Seiko who has had his attitude problems in the past, might find himself a little bored at Crest. He could very well find himself bored because there isn't that stepping stone there out of Massey if he wants to test himself once again in the ISP. The biggest problem Hills District have is the recruitment. Not that it lacks quality, but it lacks numbers. That They just don't have that depth there. I don't see them making the eight. I think they're one of the three to miss out. And interestingly enough, the three that miss out all come in this second half of the program. But I, I just think that Hills lack that quality, they lack that depth, and pouring your eggs into that one basket, I don't think he's going to do it right. It's not a bad move if you're going to trade players, but rugby league isn't a trading game. It's a straight-out signing game, and I see Hills missing. I see Hills really struck. They don't just miss. I see them really struggling, and they, they could be looking down the barrel of a handful of wins at best. Maybe count them on one hand this oh, season. Oh, jeez. So you're tipping them for the spoon? Well, I don't know whether I tip them for the spoon because I'd like to see what the previous wooden spooners have recruited, but I I, I don't see them contesting for the eight. I, I think it's going to be fairly clear early on that Hills District will struggle to get there. 
I hope they can make the eight for the sake of Paul Griffin and the hardworking committee out there, but I tend to agree with you. Let's have a look then at that wooden spooner in 2018, the controversial Penrith brothers. I say controversial because of the way their season petered out quite uh, sadly and badly towards the end. They started with some reasonable hopes of being competitive. Uh, They did win that one game uh, mid-season at the Hickey's Lane, uh, but it didn't last too much longer after that, that win over Guildford of all people. And so they did win the game in the last round of the season, and whoever they beat, I, I don't remember. And, it's probably, uh, and probably not worth remembering. And so uh, it was a mob in black and black and white called Western Suburbs, I believe. Yeah, so let, yes. let, let's leave Two that wins for the season then for yeah. Penrith Brothers. They've come back in 2019. A lot of people raised the eyebrows in hearing that they were coming back in both Ron Massey and Sydney Shield. We'll be talking more about what their City Shield prospects, if any, next week. But Penrith Brothers are back for a second season. They've learned, hopefully, the lessons, the steep learning curve of coming straight out of an A-grade competition, even one as strong as, as Penrith's, where they dominated in 2017, going through undefeated before losing uh, in the grand final uh, in 2017 in the, in the Penrith A-grade competition. It was a massive learning curve, steep learning curve into the Ron Massey Cup in 2018. They finished last. With the two wins, we hear that Brendan Waters is possibly has signed as their main signing in the off-season. If he does go across to the Hickey's Lane, he will add that experience and class, even if he has passed his best. But apart from that, not sure where they're headed. Perhaps another wooden spoon. There is talk that they have recruited well, but we can't get our hands on any names. So when... when they say, oh, we, we've gone out and we've recruited a lot of players and we're really in this to win it this season. Okay, give us names. We want some names. But there are no names. And th- this is where things really do fall off fall off the wagon for Penrith because when Cabramatta went out and said, yeah, we're going for it this year and we've recruited. Okay, who have you signed? And they will list off the players, as I mentioned earlier, and they are quality players. But brothers say, yeah, we've learnt our lesson. We've recruited well this season. Okay, who have you got? And you just hear crickets. So it's difficult to get a read on what the brothers can do. All I can do is assume that they've signed some solid Massey players. They had Gravion there last year who looked like he was going to make a little bit of first grade until Western Suburbs left the National Rugby League at the end of 1999. Made a name for himself. You know, I think it was First Division, they called it. After the championship the came it, along. Yes. What, what and it, made a name for himself in the English the Championship. Yeah. And then yeah. he went across to England and now he's back in Australia. If they're signing players of that calibre, I don't think it gets them there, but it may makes them competitive. There's no question about that. If they're signing players that are the next step up from that, they're a shot. But if they're signing players below, yeah. then it's a buy. Then a virtual buy. Yeah. To go with all the other buys, we'll discuss that in a moment. Look, I, I, ha- I, I can't I'm them. tipping them to win the spoon. I'll stick yeah. it out there. I'm tipping them to win a second successive spoon, but hopefully not as tailed off as they were in 2018. Let's have a look then at a club not too far from Penrith Brothers in the same junior league and a club that uh, have attracted their share of headlines for the wrong reasons in the last two years, particularly with the relationship with Manny Warringah, which has affected them drastically in more ways than one. I speak of the Blacktown Workers Sea Eagles who scraped into the finals in both 2017 and 2018. They pulled off that upset in week one of the 2018 Mm. finals when they knocked over Guildford and pulled their pants down in public. That was as far as they went. It's a critical year for them. They've got the big $2 million new ground at Laybutt Fields, the boutique football ground, which is going to be great to call from there. But... They've made some good signings. Is that going to be enough for them to move out of the bottom half of the eight? That's the $64,000 question. It's a very, very good question. Nathan Davis, Kurt DeLouis, Abbas Miski are all in from Wentworthville. Zach Docker-Clay has come back from the Super League. He... He was a prodigy. He was going places in the NRL. And then Penrith decided to let him go to Parramatta. And as we all know, Parramatta is where footballers go to fall off the face of the earth. Andy Saunders is a really interesting... Don't say that to Rick Dunlop. Andy Saunders is a really interesting pickup for Blacktown because he was, I think, the same player that Penrith had massive, massive Absolutely. raps on as a hulking Tam- front from rower. From Tamworth. He came from Tamworth and he had big raps on him. Didn't quite make it there. Went to Canterbury last year at uh, ISP level. Didn't quite make it. And now he's found his way to Blacktown where he's going to start off in Ron Massey, two steps away from the NRL. I think this guy is the classic reclamation project. I think Penrith didn't use him right. I think Canterbury didn't use him right. If Blacktown can use him right in Massey, push him up into ISP, then if you've listened to the bench, what my thoughts are on Manly, they could use a guy like Andy Saunders in that extended first grade squad 
next year in 2020. So if they use him right here, because they he could did have get, something. Because he did get close to first grade at Penrith in 2017. He did. And they've also picked up from Mounties, Lee and, and Tungalima, as we mentioned before. So they've recruited really well. There is a there is a hole, and it's a Grand Canyon-sized hole if you listen to last year's final series because Hanetti Tuha is out the door. Now, that is a massive, massive problem for them. Abbas Miski, I have no doubt, will fill that one jersey, but what Hanetti Tuha did in that final series but he, last he year... But he just cleaned up. He, he was yeah. he, he, pl- he played 1, 6, 7, and 9. He played four I think positions he played, I once. think he played 13 at times as well. Absolutely. And, and that was all in one game. And, and he was cooking the sausages on the barbecue. That's right. During as well. Do they make it? Do they not? It's, it's going to be a, a tussle at the bottom half of the eight, I think, Brad with Western Pry- Suburbs. And Brad Pryor's under pressure, of course, the coach mm. after the machinations as to how he eventually took over as the Ron Massey Cup coach, which we're going to come to in a moment. I think they make bottom half of the eight, but I think that's as far as they go. I think it's a coin toss, and I think they miss out, but it wouldn't surprise me if Western Suburbs miss out, Blacktown go in. I think eighth spot is Western Suburbs versus Blacktown. I, I think that's going to be the showdown. All right, we've left uh, one team to last, and it's our own local team, or as local as far as it's the team based in uh, the Triple HFM footprint. They've been sponsors of ours for so long now, it's not funny, and we thank them for their support in putting Rugby League to air this year. We speak of the Asquith Magpies, and, well, it's going to be the year of reckoning for Pat Wisner. Uh, he came across, even though he doesn't want to admit it publicly or even privately, he had a point to prove after the way he was unceremoniously shown the door in those eventful weeks around Easter in 2017 from the Blacktown workers. He came across on short notice in the off-season of 2017-18 to Asquith, and he did a very good job in getting the Asquith club back into the finals in both Ron Massey Cup and Sydney Shield after they didn't even put a team out in the Ron Massey Cup in uh, in 2017. He had to recruit a lot of players on short notice, and they did a very good job. But mm. after the Asquith board have backed Wisner to the hilt in giving him a three-year extension to be the man in charge at Story Park until the end of the 2021 season with a charter to try and win Asquith, their first ever Ron Massey Cup premiership, He's gone out, Pat Wisner, and he has gathered a, a force of players which is probably unprecedented, not only in Asquith's history, but in the recent history of the Ron Massey Cup. Well, we spoke about Chris Yates going to Wentworthville and basically picking the eyes out of the squad and knowing exactly what gaps he wanted to fill right there. And you talk about picking players for a purpose. Blake Goodman from Central Queensland Capras, Jerry Key. What a hey, signing Jerry Key is. Now, absolutely. he is, he can play th- three, four, six, 13, uh, 12, 11. He'll tackle for you all day. He's of NRL quality still. He left uh, Sydney perhaps prematurely. He was about to retire, I understand, but he's been brought back by Pat Wisner back to Sydney, and he's taken uh, Blake Goodman back into Sydney with him. Hayden McWilliam from Hills District is a very good signing. Representative fullback at Ron Massey. Level. I love the fact they've picked up Peter Nay. Shay Jarvis, okay, yep, great player, but I think his best days are past him, and Peter Nay is still You won't really... want to hear that. That's, well, that's a challenge. That, that, that's a challenge, and I'm not going to drop the gloves against him or put the gloves up, I should say, but Peter Nay is an outstanding signing. But if you think that was a good signing, how about the double hit for the number one jersey? And he doesn't even know who he's going to pick there because it might happen that North Sydney Interest don't use Hanetti Tuha and Hanetti Tuha might end up back at Asquith. So you'll have Hanetti Tuha battling for the number one jersey with, with Jake Pickering. Jake Pickering. The prodigal son returns home. He was promised the world and perhaps delivered an atlas at the Blacktown Workers in 2018. He's come back to Asquith to where he has been so dominant. A former Sydney Shield player of the year. He is of ISP quality. Tuha and Pickering battling for the number one jersey at Asquith is going to be something else. But it doesn't stop there. Antonio Pelasas has been brought in from St. Mary's. He's going to add some bulk to that pack. James Tuatahi from Blacktown. John Tuavati from the Manly Flag. Magnus Stromquist. Experience. Wow. Experience from Wentworthville and Mounties there, no doubt. And Tuki Jackson in a papera. Ryan Wheeler amongst those who have made way. So there's going, there have been players going out, but when you look at what he has recruited... And Bill I'm, Benjamin as well, don't forget that. Mm. He's uh, elusive from uh, the Blacktown Workers Seagulls. He's got a lot of players that he knows and trusts that he was starting to build at Blacktown in those first few weeks of 2017 before it all went pear-shaped. And he's brought them across now here. And I know speaking with him, he's quietly very confident of making real inroads and doing some damage in both competitions this year. I said earlier that I've got Cabramatta making the grand final. 
on what? that last Sunday in September. This is who they're going to play. You're tipping a Cabramatta, Cabramatta Asquith Grand Final yep. Yep. in the Ron Massey Cup. Right here. You heard it first on Splinters. Wow. All right. Well, and if it doesn't pan out, then I'll delete this episode of Splinters. <laughs> no, you won't. It'll be too late. You can't delete it once it goes out. <laughs> on the Spotify by the time we get there and podcasts.com. Look, I've, you've got to remember they made the finals. They made week one of the finals last year and they had a lot of injuries. I think that was another lesson that Pat Wisen learned. They went out to mm. Glebe Burwood in week one of the finals and calling that semi-final, they matched Glebe Burwood. They went with them for a long for time. For 60 minutes yeah. in that uh, knockout semi-final. A Glebe Burwood side that went on to go so close to making mm. the grand final. I think they can step into the top four for the second time in their history. The last time they made the top four in the Ron Massey under Simon Clark in 2015. They made the big dance. Maybe it's going to happen again. I'm not going to tip them to make the grand final just yet, but I think they will make top four this time around and give it a real shake. All right, let's have a quick look at what we believe to be the draw for round one of the Ron Massey Cup. Starting, we believe, unofficially, Friday, March 15, Aubrey Keach Reserve, Mounties versus Hills District Bulls, 5pm, we believe, as a curtain raiser, to an interest of a premiership match that will be played that night at Aubrey Keach. Three games on Saturday, and what a match this is going to be. Straight off the bat, St Mary's League Stadium. We understand it's a 6.30 kickoff. St Mary's versus Asquith, close to match of the round. Campbelltown Stadium, Saturday 16th of March. Western Suburbs versus Blacktown Workers Seagulls. There's your 8th versus ninth playoff. That was quick. Right in round one. Uh, and then at New Era Stadium, oh what a match this oh is going to be on opening weekend. Cabramatta versus Wentworthville. No love lost there. It's going to be old Wentworthville versus new Wentworthville and C. Yates versus B. Cook in round one at New Era. Simbin clock. Absolutely. And then on Sunday, 17th of March, it's Penrith Brothers playing Guildford at the Hickey's Lane. We could be going there, climbing the scaffolding on opening weekend and Glebe Burwood have the opening round by, we understand. That's another week for Nike Aaron Zammett to further whip his charges and into a frenzy to try and get them going for the start of the season. So that's what we believe is going to be the case. But we're waiting for the draw, New South Wales Rugby League. Hello? Hello? Any sign of the draw? Anytime soon? Maybe Saturday morning or Friday morning, the 15th of March, it's going to be released for the season. Why not? And this this is where it gets really frustrating because there are people who volunteer for these clubs. I'm amongst them, although I don't do as much work with Western Suburbs as I used to do. But there are people who volunteer with these clubs who need to organise families commitments around these clubs. These aren't fully professional outfits 24-7. They have to get volunteers organised. People need to plan for family commitments. New South Wales, this isn't good enough. Come on, do the right thing by the fans and the volunteers and give us a draw so we know what we're doing. Don't hold your breath on that just quietly. I think we will be getting it uh, on around Tuesday the 12th, maybe even Wednesday the 13th of March if their form it's going to be. And we're also hearing other bits and pieces about what's going to happen with the Intrust Super Premiership. You'll have to listen to the bench for what we're hearing on that. Okay, look, I think our time is up here on Splitters. This episode, Ron Massey Cup kicks off the weekend after next, the weekend of March 15, 16 and 17. You're going to hear matches all season long, eight buys and all. That's another story we'll discuss in our Sunni Shield wrap next week with yourself, myself and maybe even the Golden Greek, Terry Liberopoulos. It's been a pleasure and uh, time has flown here. Time flies when you're having fun on the Splinters bench and on the bench of Splinters. It it certainly does and uh, next time, if you do get the Splinters in, I'm not pulling them out for you. Uh, Thank you very much. Okay, next week on Splinters, we're going to give you a wrap and a preview of the 2019 Sydney Shield. But for now, enjoy your rugby league in 2019. Enjoy the rest of your week on Triple H and Podcast.com. This has been another episode of Splinters. Goodbye.